Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve-Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight-era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story-driven and rules-light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. Hey everybody, welcome to Otherworld London, episode 30. We have some players with us. Let's start with uh, Mac. Hey everybody, I'm Mac Beauvais. I'm going to be playing Ethel Prendergast, and she is covered in blood and headed towards Scotland Yard. So it's an average day in her world. Everything is great. Thanks for asking. Hi, this is Terry Gamble. I'm playing Alizé Carew, shopkeeper and lady who's haunted by her crazy wolf past. Hi, I'm Maria Iyengar playing Dr. Lisette Powell, who's not handling the transition to the supernatural world with any amount of grace or dignity. Hi, I'm Michelle Otis, and I am playing, uh, who am I playing? (laughs) I'm playing Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms, who, um, the most important Penbottom there is. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And, um... Yeah, she's got uh, some family issues right now. Yeah, just a few. So in the last game, Ethel, Alizé, and Dr. Powell went to the hospital and mass nurses came out and separated Alizé and Ethel to two different rooms. And the lady in white visited Ethel while she was unconscious and then destroyed the animal masked nurses and wants her to act quicker in her quest to get rid of doctors a uh, doctor Cernanos. dr Cernanos is my father dr powell uh meanwhile with uh dr graves went to the other room where alizé was and stopped her wolf self from recombining into her and then they left dr graves by himself for several minutes and when they got back he was behind a locked steel door and he just kept muttering that he couldn't take it anymore and he killed himself eugenia found out that her husband i guess throttled robert jr pretty good and was arrested and so the, the lawyer is trying to figure that all out for them. Meanwhile, her other lawyer who deals with the money has told her that a large portion of the money has been taken and put in a separate bank account by Robert, who still has the ability to move money around and take out whatever he pleases, which is a, a problem. So that basically catches us up. We're going to start the game off with a sand check from Dr. Powell and Alizé after seeing Dr. Graves commit suicide. All right. I rolled a 60, so I am okay. I rolled a 47, so I'm also okay. He's killed himself in this room. What do the two of you want to do? Poor Dr. Graves. Oh, my God. We... We should go get his body. We should bring... We should get him. 
and bring him out and maybe he's not dead yet um mm. i think we should leave him and i think we need to get out of here before more trouble comes towards us what what could be more trouble than this well at least he's in a hospital uh in hospital here maybe they can take care of him somehow i think we need to get out of here though fine fine gather yourself i know you've seen a lot today and i know it can feel quite overwhelming i've been in your shoes the awakening of the spirit world around you can be very daunting i do understand it is also very powerful and if we do stay here it could get worse Let's reconvene. We need to find our friends, or my friends, your new friends. Let's go. Fine. So you guys walk outside where you expect to see Ethel, and, and she's just not there. Meanwhile, Ethel, you are being led into Scotland Yard, and as you're being pulled up the stairs by a very upset Detective Wilcox, everything stops again. And Dr. Vogg is standing at the top of the stairs and he starts to walk down. This is very interesting. What is what is going on? Why has this man put his hands on you? I'm being taken in for questioning, probably on account of the murders that occurred at the hospital. Does this happen often to your people? More often than it should. Well, it shall be very interesting to see what happens then. Gee, I'm so glad to be here for your entertainment. Oh, it's not entertainment, it's research. Whatever you call it, it's of no real help to me at this moment. Well, are you requiring some help? Are you in a position to give help? Yes. What do you need? To be home right about now and not covered in blood would be a good start. Well, I can make that happen, but it's not going to make this gentleman forget about you or what happened. I don't know if that'd be helpful or not, but I can make it happen. It might buy me some of the time I do need, though. Okay. To make this happen, I have to take you through a portal. It's going to take us from here to your house. But to be clear, it might damage your mind if you open your eyes. They must remain closed at all times. I believe I could do that. You close your eyes and you feel the space around you suddenly change as if reality is in this fluctuation and then it changes again and you hear the meow of Easter. You open your eyes to find that you're in your living room. Your mind feels jostled in its skull. I need a sand check, please. Well, I think a 94 does not count. No. Yikes. You take four points. Woo-wee. Here you are. You're at home again. Well, that was an experience even with my eyes closed the entire time. I'm very sorry. Unfortunately, humans are not meant to venture through the portal. The brains are too primitive and it can cause problems. Gee, you sure know how to flatter a woman. Flattery is not my goal. Clearly. Have you tried your glasses? Are you enjoying them? I do not quite understand what they are meant to do. I did try wearing them, and it seemed that nothing had been altered. Have you tried to read with them? No, why would I read with them? Try reading something you could normally not read. And then he walks out the door. 
And I think I just pull out the glasses and sort of stare at them in my hand. That man is interesting. Why did you bring him back here, darling? It was more a matter of him bringing me here. Now, if you will get out of my way, I do need to get out of these bloody clothes. I see you're uh, making more people like me. I am most certainly not. You know you are a killer, right? If anything, it takes one to know one, Daddy. Don't I know it. Now, uh, I'll be out on the porch if you need me. I won't. So, you start going upstairs to get cleaned up and everything. Eugenia, where do you want to go? She's going to go back to the police station to see what progress has been made. So, it's going to take a couple of hours, but he finally gets free. He is going to have to come in, but the lawyer says if you guys can talk to Robert and get him to drop the charges, then it all kind of goes away. But they're also not keen on seeing you again. Your group keeps popping up and causing problems, and they don't like problems. I want to take the general by the other solicitor's office. Okay. The one that handles our finances. And I want him to sign some paperwork. So he's just about to close up for the day, and you guys come through the door. He's like, oh, uh, this is unexpected, and shows you all the paperwork. And it looks like Robert has taken 50,000 pounds. Yeah, a huge chunk of money. And moved it over to another bank. And the general is furious. I understand, dear. But right now, sign the paperwork to get control of our finances. Signs the paperwork. Make sure you sign the paperwork to get the money transferred back to our bank. That might be hard, ma'am. It's It's been a couple of days, so if... Now, you could maybe talk to a judge and get a an injunction or something or get a stop on it or call the bank and see if you can get the money back that way. He, he, he didn't do anything illegal, and so it's going to be hard to claw that money back. Well, I know. We will figure it out. And... On the way home, we're going to stop at the bank because I'm not letting this rest. <laughs> the bank manager meets you. Hello, may, may I help you? And the guy goes, well, yes, your son did come in and transferred a large amount of money to uh, another bank. He was on all the paperwork, so we put the, the transfer through. Our son is taking money from us without our permission. We would like it back. Hmm. I see. Well, I can put a hold on the transfer because it takes a long time for that kind of money to be taken over. In the meantime, you should go to a judge and you'll need an injunction basically or some kind of legal paper saying that he's stealing money from you is basically what it is. (laughs) Yes, I know it's, it's pain, but... That's how you have to do it. May I ask you a question? Sure. How long has my husband's family and my family have the, had their accounts at this bank? A very long time, ma'am. Yes, but by my recollection, my family has been at least since the 1700s. Robert, yours? 
Yes, at least that long. To my recollection, these accounts are quite large. It would be quite devastating for us to move them to another bank, would it not? Yes, ma'am. Then let me ask you again, is there a way we can fix this quickly? Michelle, can you give me a roll against your credit rating? Nice. An 11 under my 70. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, I got that good, good, good credit. Yeah, Yeah, good, good. I'm going going the uh, 1800s version of Karen on this guy. Full on. (laughs) You're like Jeffamina Bezos. We love it. um, I guess one of our tellers may have uh, made a mistake with with the paperwork. I'm sure that the transfer won't go through. Excellent. Thank you so much for your help. I'll recommend this bank to everyone I know. (laughs) So now do you go back to the house? Yeah. Okay. So you get there and we'll be right back to you. Dr. Powell and Alizé, what would you guys like to do? You're outside of the hospital. Where where would you like to go? Uh, Dr. Powell looks absolutely lost at this point. She's just yeah. trying to get her shit together. So Maybe we shall go see Eugenia and get some tea and maybe have a further discussion if you're open to it. And I'm hoping that maybe Ethel is there too. Would that be all right? Sure. Are you... I... I may be in shock, but I will never be derelict in my duties. Are you feeling quite all right from your earlier spell? I don't feel great. I think tea will help. Understood. Let's go. Okay, so you guys are heading over there. Ethel, you get upstairs, you take your bath, you get cleaned up. Well, whatever I do is as expedient as possible. Okay. So you feel a presence that you haven't felt in a while, but you can't put your finger on it. And you get dressed, you start to head towards the stairs, and you feel a tap on the back of your shoulder. I take a big breath and turn my head. And standing there, and you haven't seen her in a while, is Agatha. Oh, shit. And she tries to push you at the top of the stairs as hard as she can. Okay, so I rolled a 26. Give me a dodge roll and see what you get, because that's what it would be. It would be a dodge. Oh, no. Two. You got a two? Holy shit. I got a two. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a heck of a dodge. Yeah. So you move to the side real quick as soon as she tries to shove you. And the second that she sees you move away, she starts to come for you. But now you're on equal ground. You're not at the top of the stairs. What do you want to do? Agatha. Agatha, stop this immediately. She just stops for a second like she's shocked that you're talking to her. I am so sorry for what happened to you. You know that I am. But this is not the answer. And then she goes, something's wrong in the house. Such as? A dark energy. And then she fades out. I'm going to rush down the stairs, dig out the book, and that in glasses in hand, leave immediately to try and head over to um, Eugenius. Sure. Darling, on your way back, could you bring the crossword puzzles with you? She just shakes her head and purses her lips and walks away. Darling, sweetie, can you hear me from over there? Darling, oh, never mind. Just do last week's again. 
Eugenia. The general and you show up uh, probably about 10 minutes before the rest of the ladies get there. Mm-hmm. And he looks at his hands and he goes, oh, rough, and tells Godfrey to go down and get some ice. He looks pretty defeated at this point. I take him upstairs to the bedroom just so we can have a private place to talk. Okay. Robert, we'll we'll make this right. Uh-huh. He isn't Lord Nevins, but if he wants to believe that he is, let him. He can't have two inheritances. And the way he's treated us, he doesn't deserve to be part of this family anymore. Uh-huh. So you don't care about the whole Lord McNevin? Uh-huh. And I love you too. You are all of my heart, Robert. All of it, and you always have been. <laughs> of course, darling, of course. And I, I leave the room and I let him lie down for a bit. Okay. So when you get back down, um, Godfrey has let the other three in. They are waiting for you in the parlor. Okay, so I go into the parlor. Oh, what a sight for sore eyes. Three faces, whom I am very glad to see. Mrs. Fitch? Uh, yes, ma'am. Can you get us some tea, please? Oh, we're already getting it. Thank you, Mom. Thank heavens. I am perhaps on a bit of borrowed time at the moment just to keep you all abreast of the situation. I was apparently magicked away from Scotland Yard, so I'm sure they're going to be looking for me at some point. I have several follow-up questions. (laughs) Dear, what a day you've had. I'll let the doctor ask her questions. Thank you. You Number one, at what point were you with or under Scotland Yard's custody? Two, and I do hate to say it, when you say magic away, you are being terribly literal, aren't you? I was picked up shortly after exiting the hospital, as you did, I'm sure, notice. I was covered in the blood of two nurses. I got picked up. And a new friend of mine decided that he would be able to assist me with my predicament, and I took him up on it. Okay, that actually sounds very normal. I am trying to break it down in a way that doesn't make it sound as horrific as it was. (laughs) All right, Mrs. Fitch brings up the tea, and she places it down. So Ethel goes ahead and sits at the table, and opens up the book and puts the glasses on. Remember how I said parts of it were like written in Latin and parts of it were written in different languages? Sure. Okay, so they're all now one language and you understand them. Huh. But the longer that you wear the the glasses, you can develop a headache from it because it's fucking with your eyes in a weird way. Okay. I mean, I think the main thing that I'd be doing is trying to scan through looking for something that references banishment. The only thing that you find is one note in the margins scrawled out that says, holy places of nature hold the key to the hearts of the Celtic ones. And it's written in Gaelic. Oh, good. It's a bit cryptic, yes. You'll definitely have to go and do some research to find out on it. I guess I'm going to relay to the ladies what I'm doing. Uh, Do not understand how any of this is working. 
but it is working nonetheless. I do need to go and do some research. Okay. Very well. I, I can't believe you can read it. I'm grateful, though. Hopefully we can get to an answer we need to help defeat Sinunos. He's fighting back more than ever right now. I'm, I fear that my wolf form almost took me over in hospital. I We've seen the most horrific things today. Um, am I really all the information of what's happened today with the wolf trying to come back and Graves slitting his neck and it's not been a great day? Um, well, you know, I say, well, my problems today have been more of the um, earthly matters, but it's something that we're working out. And I explained to them everything that happened. Oh, dear. Yes, he's behaving rather ungentlemanly. Completely. I can't believe he would do such a thing. To try to take so much from you when he already seems guaranteed for just as vast a fortune, if not more. Well, with some people, enough is never enough. I suppose that's true. I, I'm i just so, so saddened that my child could have grown up to be such as that. But compared to the fate of the world hanging in the balance, my problems seem quite trivial. <laughs> it may seem trivial, but I don't want to minimize the loss of a son or the feeling of a familiar bond being ripped apart. I do understand losing family. And in a sense, it is a major loss to have a son who denies his family in such a way. Oh, thank you, Elise. You're welcome. Compassionate as always and a valued friend. Dr. Powell just has her like fingers at her temples and is sort of like, in a chair staring into the middle distance and like nodding along but still just trying to take in everything that's happening i walk over to dr powell i sit next to her and i take one of her hands in mine oh oh and i say dear doctor i know this is quite mystifying and baffling especially for a woman of science to suddenly be thrust into the world of the mysterious and the magical to find out that the supernatural is real I know this must be overwhelming but you've held up remarkably well considering all that you've seen and I do hope that you will accompany us on our adventures going forward you said the fate of the world hangs in the balance here quite right then you hear a knock at the door and godfrey goes to the front door and then comes over to the parlor uh madam there's a detective on the porch (sighs) of course there is (laughs) is there somewhere that i could uh perhaps secure myself temporarily of course my dear i have mrs fitch show her to one of the guest rooms Okay. And then I have Godfrey show the detective in. Hello, ladies. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Uh, she's gonna, she's gonna jump up and run over to him and slap him. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay, I like that. That sounds good. So you just smack them. Yeah, just like a sudden like bolt of energy. Like she's been super lethargic and like kind of bell rung the whole time. And then seeing him, her eyes suddenly focus and she jumps up and like storms across the room and slaps him. Dear lady, please uh, control yourself. No. I, I am a, a man of the law. Yes, and I'm a woman of science and you threw me into this. I understand these ladies are very dangerous and I'm looking for one of them. There's no reason to smack me though. They're, they're not dangerous. Really? Yes, of course not. Well, Ethel was found outside the hospital covered in blood and then she somehow escaped custody. I had her in my hands and she just disappeared. Excuse me. Ethel was at no point covered in blood. I escorted her after she had a fainting spell, uh, a well-documented gas leak on the street. I escorted her back to the hospital where she convalesced and recovered. And I have- Poppycock. Ah, watch your tone. I say poppycock to all of that. It's not true. I'll have no such language in my house, sir. Madam, I'm sorry, but wasn't your husband also just arrested for assault? You people are insufferable. That was a family matter. Now, oh my God, Mr. Wilcox, how can you stand there and deny everything you've seen with your own eyes? Have you never been to York, the most haunted town in all of England? <laughs> <laughs> Look, where's Ethel? She needs to answer questions. Uh, we went to her house and she's not here. She's at the hospital where I left her. Unconscious very much. She is not at the hospital. I took her from the hospital covered in blood. Not her own, but she just disappeared. This all sounds like a great misunderstanding, detective. It sounds like maybe your lines have been crossed. It has been quite a strange day out there. And I'm guessing that you might be suffering from some sort of confusion as the day has been rather confusing for all of us, I do believe. There have been strange things happening around the city that have caused people, I think, to see things that might not necessarily be there. Maybe you're suffering from such things I think that Ethel is a very dangerous woman and that she has committed some heinous crimes and that you all have aided her. And now somehow you've gotten Nurse Powell to follow in your footsteps. How dare you, sir? I am a licensed and bonded doctor. And she pulls out her paperwork and shoves it in his face. And unless you would like to catch these highly skilled hands once again across that ridiculous assortment of facial hair you deem a button chop, you will address (laughs) me with proper (laughs) respect. He gets a bewildered look on his face and he, he like covers his mutton chops and says, well, I've never. And then he walks out the front door. You certainly haven't. And she turns and adjusts herself and looks like, finally like looks like herself again. Dr. Powell, <clears throat> my goodness, your tone, your energy. 
I commend you. I do commend you for getting rid of him, but I do hope that it hasn't egged him on and enraged him further. Ugh, what can be done? He's a part of a system that's clearly so broken and flawed that whatever this is, is happening. So, good riddance. Well, Doctor, I do think you deserve another biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) And she accepts it so gratefully. (laughs) Are there any sandwiches? I am famished as well, Eugenia. Oh, of course. And she rings a little bell for Mrs. Fitch. Okay, so unless you guys are planning to break into a library, there's really nothing you can do for the rest of the night. Uh, Do you guys want to... Do you want to all stay at Eugenia's, or what's the plan? No, uh, Lisette would absolutely want to get home. She's had the weirdest day of her actual life. And though she feels a camaraderie, she doesn't want to be with them anymore. (laughs) Are you weirded out by us? I'm sorry, what? You're weirded out by us? Okay. You guys are cute but spooky, which is like a whole mood. (laughs) (laughs) But what about in the game? Uh, Ethel would definitely uh, stay the night. Professional spooky bitch. <laughs> yeah, and I, Alizé is also going to stay the night. My house is now a church to Sununos, so probably not where I want to be. So, Dr. Powell, when you get back to your building, you start to climb the stairs, you hear this tapping, a very rhythmic foot on the ground pretty fast and as you get closer to your door it gets louder he must be doing some sort of i don't know performance art it's fine i have a bit of a headache but can't stop the creative spirit and i just throw open the door okay so you've got kind of a shotgun apartment in a way set up where it kind of everything goes down one hallway and then there's you know each room is You've got your closet, then your your kitchen, and then your little living room, and then your bedroom kind of thing, the way that it's set up. And his workstation or work desk is in the living room next to the piano. You see straight through to where he's at, and he's tapping his foot like very hard against the hardwood. And he's typing very fast and you smell blood. Uh, She's definitely gonna like lean down and like check herself first because she would assume that the source of the smell is from her and some weird puddle that she may have walked through while at work. Uh, Martin, darling. And I wanna go farther into the room. He doesn't uh, seem to respond to you and um, he's just looking at his typewriter and you notice that there is a stack of paper next to him with probably if you were to guess like 150 pages he types and then when he gets done with one he rips it out puts it down and it's one of those like it's new during the time but it's it's one of those really big clunky typewriters with the big so it takes a lot of pressure to but he's just going really fast. Okay, Um, as I get closer, is the smell of blood getting stronger? Yes. Martin, you are surprisingly prolific. Are you darling? 
And I want to look to see if I can see the source of the blood. You notice that the ends of his fingers look like they've been impacted so much that they've split and bled onto the keys as he's typing. And they're red and black all the way up to his knuckles. And he's furiously just typing away, doesn't look at you, doesn't seem to even notice anything going on outside of him. Oh, my sainted aunt. Uh, and she's going to like grab his hands away from the keyboard and kind of like wrap up his hands. Okay, you grab his hands and he's trying with all his force to push back to the keys. And he's got this really strange look on his face like it's his the muscles in his face are contorted in a weird way and he's got this i want to say like a thousand yard stare kind of thing Mm -hmm. can you give me a a normal strength check okay Um, uh 22. okay you've got his hands and all this blood has streamed down you don't have to make a sand check because you're a doctor you've seen grievous wounds before and he uh, is pushing against you very hard and he's just staring at like almost through your chest into the whatever the paper is beyond you because i'm imagining to grab his hands you're kind of in front of him yeah 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 yeah. i think she's gonna like use that front of her like pinafore apron situation and kind of like wrap his hands to like keep them there and then if she can she want uh i want her to reach back and like grab one of the sheets of paper from the stack, like the top page or so. Okay. The paper, when you look at it, there is about three-fourths of it is typed. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like the bottom part of it is written in blood. You imagine that it's probably his due to all the blood that's on the typewriter and and around. Mm -hmm. And it's all disjointed stuff it it says all of these different things i just have a real quick question outside of characters did ethel ever tell you about dr vog ever no i don't think so okay so when you're looking down the one thing that sticks out is on the the notes on the bottom that are in blood, because that's what it looks like. It looks like he's writing notes in. Mm -hmm. Um, It says, note to Dr. Vaughn. And then if you grab another page, it's the same thing where he's put notes inside of the lines and stuff. Yeah, what's the like content of the page? None of it makes sense. Uh, Some of it is in weird letters or symbols some of it is talks about how nice it would be to see what the sunrise is over the alps that kind of thing it it's to you it seems really nonsensical and you'd have to sit down and study the pages pretty intensely to get the meanings okay i'm i think she's gonna like let him go okay and see if he like starts working again and like what without losing her eyeline on on him uh she's gonna go back to her bag and like like and reaches in glass grabs a glass vial and grabs a syringe and is loading up like a heavy duty sedative 
All right, you fill up a syringe. You know what you're doing. You go, you get the syringe. You've got your eye contact. He's not looking away from the paper. He's just typing. And then suddenly he stops as you're filling the syringe. And he takes the, the tip of his finger that in, you can kind of see the gore and the blood on it. Mm. And he makes a, some kind of sigil mark on the paper. And then he goes back to typing. Yeah, I think she like like needs a second to steal herself and then goes back to it. All right. So you walk up, you give him the shot and in very quick order passes out. Oh, okay. Uh, I think like she tries to make sure he like swoons into her arms. And she's going to, like, kind of pull him away from the situation and, like, get him into bed. She's used to, like, hucking around dead weight a bit. She's pretty exhausted from the day, but, like, it's Martin. She has strength enough for this. Yes. So you get him back into bed and he, you know, he's pretty knocked out. What else do you want to do before you yourself pass out? Actually, make a con check for me. Ooh. We don't do that very often here at... at call it Cthulhu land. <laughs> nice. A 36. So you, uh, you're still pretty, uh, amped up after a day of blood gore and, uh, horrible death. So, um, I think she walked in exhausted and then like, this is like a new adrenaline spike. So it's going to hit even harder when like, right. she relaxes from this. Absolutely. So she's, she's going to like, uh, she's like, all right, I got like three minutes until I think I just fall over. And uh, she's gonna like as quickly as she can, like super like gauze wrap up his hands, like okay. cleans them off, wraps them up, makes like giant like snowman mittens on his hands. Right. And they basically look like smashed sausages. That's just yeah. Oh yeah. god, oh, poor buddy. Clean that. Just check him for any other signs of like maluse. Like, is he dehydrated? Like. How is he doing overall? He looks, um, you can tell that his his lips are actually quite dry. The sedative has gotten rid of his face being contorted. Yeah. He does seem to have a little bit of a twitch in his hand once he stops. So like you put on the gauze and he kind of, it kind of moves a little bit. Yeah. So overall, you can tell that he probably several hours ago sat down and never moved. Yeah. Okay. From the space. So he's, de- he's definitely dehydrated and he hasn't had any food and Martin doesn't eat a lot of food in the first place. So, you know, yeah, he's your wiry poet boy. So yeah, you know. he just lives that poet life. It's just wine and cigarettes and bless his heart. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> some cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and he's lactose intolerant. So that's wild. Um, but yeah, she's going to like put a big pitcher of water next to the bed. And then like sort of like a more t- like giving an autopsy. She's like saying all those things out loud as she moves around the apartment, grabs the full stack of paper and Looking at this typewriter, does it have weird symbols on it? How was he able to, like, construct those? Do me a favor and roll a spot hidden. Oh, probably not. Spot hidden. Oh, I made it. 53. (laughs) By the way, guys, we forget about this all the time, but if you get a skill 
make sure to make a note of it so that we can up it later because every time you get a skill that you you do you put a mark next to it and then you you get to roll later to see if the skill goes up so make notes i know abria we've done a few that we need to get you on um no worries we can go from here you look all over it and on the back you realize suddenly that you don't remember martin having this type of typewriter before he had one but it wasn't this one and when you look around this one has a manufacture date on it from 1915 new york uh that's not yet correct correct okay it's like 1895 yeah 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 yeah. just oh that's no oh and it says New York City, and it's 1915, and you do notice on the bottom of it, it has a little plate on it that says Dr. Vogue on it. So it has his name engraved on this little gold nameplate on the bottom of it. It's the same Dr. Vogue name that's in the manuscript and some of the keys do have strange instead of like regular letters or numbers they do have strange custom made symbols on the keyboard as well then yeah she'll use up the last of her energy cleaning off the keyboard like the whole typewriter and just de-blooding it and packing it away and next to all of her like notes and tools in her doctor's bag and she's going to put it next to the door and if she had energy enough she would go back and immediately head back to the group, but she needs to sleep. So she like crawls into bed next to him. Okay. So you pass out completely. And um, do me a favor. We're going to do one more con check because I want to see something. I want to see whether or not you're roused from your sleep. 58. Damn it. <laughs> Out of I needed 57. So just cool. Nope. Yes, yesterday was so bad for you and so mentally taxing that you just sleep. Sleep of the angels. <laughs> You're out. And you wake up, you don't know what time it is. The sun is streaming through the windows and you hear typing. So I think this is actually a good place for us to stop. Let's uh let's go around and just uh see what everyone's doing. We'll start with Abria. Hi, uh, I'm Abria Iyengar. You can catch me on social media at Quiddy, Q-U-I-D-D-I-E. I stream all over the place. You can catch me on Hyper RPG playing Kolok 1991, which is Kids on Bikes actual play that we're currently on episode hiatus, but we're still rele- uh, releasing content. So keep an eye on the hashtag. And Cookie Pushers, a podcast I do with Malika. Uh, on Tuesdays, you can catch me on uh, leading my intrepid group of adventurers, including the phenomenal Terry Gamble uh, and Pirates of Salt Bay over on Saving Throw Show, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Pacific. I, we still don't have a date for it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, whenever it is, at some point, uh, both Michelle and I play in a mask game over on It's Probably Okay's channel, which is Return to the Spider-Verse, which is a Spider-Man-based RPG. 
And you can catch me on Scabby Rooster playing Endymion's Gate, which is a Hillfolk system game. Oh, hello. I'm Terry Gamble. Um, you can find me at the Terry Gamble on the internets, um, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, or at terrygamble.com. Um, you can also find me on Mondays at Horror Movie Survival Guide, a weekly podcast where I talk about scary movies with my dear friend Julia Marchesi, and Wes produces us, so check it out. Um, yeah, lots of fun stuff, great interviews we have that we... Uh, recorded in the before times um, that are great to listen to now. Um, and what else? Abri already talked about Pirates of Salt Bay. I'm a pirate. Yar. Um, I'm a really salty little man of a pirate. Little, It's fun. Anyway, um, I am haplessly in love, I guess, in that show too, which I guess <laughs> I didn't realize so much how much my characters were kind of like this one. He's like, uh, if Alizé, if he was, anyway, you have to listen and watch to figure it out what the difference and, and, and the similarities are because it's kind of striking right now as I think about it. Cool. Thanks. Um, hi, I'm Michelle Otis, and you can find me on the socials at Michulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. You can, uh, as Bria said, you can find me on Return to the Spider-Verse on It's Probably Okay's channel. And... Uh, whenever that is and <laughs> you can also find my music on plate mail games through drive through rpg hey guys i am and will continue to be mac Beauvais. you can find me online as at strange like that you can also find me over at happy jacks every monday playing games and causing mayhem and I am Wes Otis. You can find me at Plate Mail Games. You can find the music and the audio, the sound effects on Drive Through RPG and Battle Bards. Um, you can also find 12 Sided Stories at uh, Twitter. It's at 12, the number, and then Sided Stories. And the same thing for Instagram. We also have a Patreon if you want to help support the podcast you can back on patreon or you can give a review or give us a shout out all those things are awesome we'd love to hear from you um and uh thank you so much for listening thank you guys so much and and we will talk to you very soon